Contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. In times of spiritual and moral chaos, it can be hard to discern truth from error and to apply it to all of life. God's word is not silent, and we don't have to be either. This is Once for All Delivered with Caleb Castro and Andrew Smith. Hi there, and thanks for uh, joining us on another episode of Once for All Delivered. I'm your co-host, Caleb Castro. And I am your other co-host, Andrew Smith. That was a nice delay there. Like buffering, buffering. That's what we have editing for. Sorry, Heidi. Yeah. So then that gap won't be there, and then our listeners will be like, what are they talking about? We're going to keep it. This doesn't make any (laughs) sense. (laughs) Was there something in the water over there? (laughs) We'll just have uh, we'll just have bits of like which where this will occur in the show that reference won't make any sense until later on so stay tuned to figure out why we're talking about <laughs> stay that. tuned what's in the water we're just we're just gonna keep all of this <laughs> well anyways uh, speaking of what we're speaking now of... now that we have broken linear space time <laughs> <laughs> once for all delivered once for all confusing you yeah now yeah we're we're picking up uh, where we left off on our previous episode on. Um, Exploring uh, the Westminster and Heidelberg Catechism. Um, so we were looking at in the structure of the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 3. Um, and we're uh, going through question and answers uh, 10 to uh, 20 of the Westminster Shorter Catechism. Uh, so let's go ahead and uh, continue. Original sin entitles us to, an, to a death sentence that God is rightly to, to punish us for. Uh, we are guilty in uh, taking part, basically, in uh, in having a nature that is entirely antithetical to who he is, holy. Sin is anti-God. And so question and answer eight goes on to say, we'll ask, are we so corrupt that we are totally unable to do any good and inclined toward all evil? And the answer is that yes, unless we are born again by the Spirit of God. So we are entirely blocked off from goodness. And this uh, goes with question 19 of the shorter. So what is the misery of that estate wherein to man fell? So basically, uh, what happens to us because of, of the fall and we've already talked about sin and misery at some length. So in question 18, you deal with the sinfulness and then 19, the misery. And the answer of 19 is all mankind by their fall lost communion with God are under his wrath and curse. And so made liable to all the miseries in this life, to death itself and to the pains of hell forever. And so we see something here that uh, as we've talked about, uh, more the 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 big picture differences between the Heidelberg and the Westminster, where uh, the Heidelberg is is more subjective, and you know what does this mean uh, for me? And then Westminster takes a more big picture of things, and so here it's talking about all the things that come because of the fall. So this loss of communion with God, there's this separation from God. There is, I mean, you see this. In Genesis 3, after the fall, what happens 
uh, to man. He can't be in the garden anymore. Adam and Eve have to be put out of the garden. The garden has to be guarded. They have to be kept from the tree of life. They're no longer able to receive the benefits and blessings of that fellowship they had with God in the garden. There's also the introduction of death. I mean, we could get into a discussion about how many believe that there was death of some sort before the fall. Uh, just to be ultra, ultra brief, I don't buy it. Me either. Uh, fight, fight me on that if you <laughs> want. Me. But um, because I think there is some very, there is great significance to the fact that the first time we observe death is when there are God makes clothes of animal skins after the fall for Adam and Eve. So basically showing that death is necessary to hide their nakedness, to hide their shame. There's that degree of separation in that there has to now be death for sin. And, 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 and if not the death... And ding, ding, hmm? ding, ding, ding. Death of Christ. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, if, there, if not the death of the sinner, then there has to be the death of another in his place, which animal sacrifices are not sufficient to the task. And this is really, you know, foreshadowing where... The Heidelberg is definitely going to go in great length, and then the Westminster to a lesser extent, too. They're the essential, uh, making the old Anselmian argument, why the God-man, the Heidelberg walks point by mm-hmm. point through this. Why do we need a mediator? And, and the Westminster gets into this next, too. You know, who is the mediator, and what do we know about this mediator, which is our Lord Jesus Christ. But so you have this... Uh, loss of communion with god you have wrath and a curse um you know the condition of the covenant was that they would eat of the tree and they would die now they didn't die right away but they did die eventually uh and everyone since has died we were not created to die death is not native to us it is not natural to us it is something that comes because of the fall and sin there's also not merely though physical death there is the spiritual punishment uh, there is the pains of hell forever, as the Westminster says. There is eternal condemnation of body and soul, as the Heidelberg will say elsewhere, uh, as the penalty for sin and death. So we'll, we'll come back to that in some more detail later. Um, but also, too, the miseries of this life from the fall, from this sin, comes basically all of the suffering, all the pain, all the difficulties of this life, all the things that we look at in this world and we recognize that they're bad and we recognize that they reflect that this world is not how it is supposed to be all of that coming as the misery from this first sin of adam it's interesting with how the heidelberg with with answer eight already implies the spiritual death of man in talking about how it's not only a an ethical paralyzation or rather an ethical uh, moral death but it says that we are inclined towards all evil unable to do any good unless we are born again by the spirit of god so it already shows that the remedy if you will of our ethical death is uh, a spiritual rebirth to be born again by uh, God's own act. And the Heidelberg here is uh, is quoting Jesus in, in John 3, 3 to 5, uh, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. 
there needs to be uh, an, an act of regeneration, which the catechisms will get into uh, more later, but it's already hinted at here. Well, actually, I maybe not even say hinted. It's fairly direct. There must be regeneration. Just as a note on that, so the shorter catechism does not use the language of regeneration, but it treats the concept under the theme of effectual mm -hmm. calling, um, which is taken up in questions 30 through 32, particularly this renewing. Um, I can just read you question 31 because it very much hits this point. What is effectual calling? Effectual calling is the work of God's spirit. So there you have it. Whereby convincing us of our sin and misery. So all these things we've been talking about. Enlightening our minds in the knowledge of Christ and renewing our wills. He doth persuade and enable us to embrace Jesus Christ freely offered to us in the gospel. So there you go. You, you already noted um, the methodology of the Heidelberg Catechism in going into the topic of our deliverance. Uh, that it, it goes through the uh, the logic of Anselm of who who this God man is and what he does in his act of redemption, and and so that the focus ends up becoming on in the Catechism and the uh, throughout the Deliverance that there's a renewal and restoration of all the faculties of man uh, being conformed to Jesus Christ, who is true man only true man, uh, the one who lives as a uh, man to the fullest, man who is able to rightly know God in true righteousness and uh, and true holiness. Um, and so that's also what's implied then here with question answer eight of being born again. The language is, is likened to a new birth because it is nothing short of a total recreation of our nature uh we're cut off from adam uh and that dead nature that we have taken on from him and instead we uh are endowed uh in in our hearts by his very spirit the image and likeness of true man christ and our knowledge desires and actions are then realigned in order to rightly know and live in righteousness and holiness for God's glory to be able to in Christ fulfill the chief end of man. Yeah. As question 31, which I read said this enlightening of our minds. So what we think, what we know, what we understand and renewing our wills, um, our desire to do and our inclinations to do. You know, getting back to this being renewed in the image, this uh, Colossians 3, Ephesians 4 type language of which we've we've spoken many times now. Yeah, I mean, you can see how then that uh, how pivotal those uh, texts are. You know, it, it's it's that big question of our day uh, and perhaps even of all time. What is man? Uh, what is the purpose of man? What am I to live for? It's a great ontological question. You know, what is uh, the point of life? Really, it's that, because this is a text I mentioned earlier, it's that question that David poses in Psalm mm -hmm. 8. What is man yeah. that you are mindful of him as he's considering the greatness and the glory of God? Uh, 
what is man? But then, you know, when he answers that question, he comes back to this creational stuff, this stuff of the image of God, uh, man's dominion that God that created man a little lower than the angels has crowned him with glory and honor has created him good created him to rule and have dominion and to have the exercise this true knowledge righteousness and holiness really the that that's why we come back to these texts so much and why we come back to these concepts so much because they are so central to our theology and if you get these things wrong uh, this is why we harp on roman catholics a lot this is why we harp on meredith klein a lot uh, because he takes some different conceptions of the image of God. If you get these things wrong, a lot of weird stuff can come from it. it if you don't get the foundations right, your house is going to, to not work. It's going to be messed up. It's not going to stand. And likewise, um, what I said at the beginning of uh, this discussion uh, on Lord's Day 3, you know, the problem is not rightly understanding the sinfulness of sin and therefore the grace of God and the perfections of Christ. And, you know, just, just as a culture note, because we wouldn't be uh, once for all delivered without, you know, talking about <laughs> cultural ongoings, you know, think, think about it this way. Um, you have uh, transgenders or transracial, transspecial peoples uh, these days and they deny the realities of their nature whether that is their humanity their uh their gender or uh whatever they entirely already deny who they are and i mean this itself stems from that denial that the denial of the depths of depravity, of understanding our sinfulness. Uh, all of mankind is burying uh, their head in the sand concerning sin. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the, the, we, we, could, we could perhaps even say uh, the topic of homosexuality in our days. You, you may hear that argument uh, or, or with transgenders. You know, I was born this way. And... Some, you know, there, there's the debate of, well, are some of them born this way or is this uh, something learned and developed? Uh, you know, it's a nature versus nurture thing. And yet we could say in, in a sense, well, sure, you are born this way, perhaps thinking you're transgendered or home or you're homosexual. Maybe that's learned, but you are born in sin. You know, it perhaps that's the way your sin manifests uh, manifested at some point. Um, we don't know the we don't know the genetics of it, the bio, the biology or whatever. Exactly. That doesn't really matter. The point is you are born this way, sinful. And yet the Lord can bring you to repentance and restore you uh, in his image, that image even of true humanity to live rightly to the one true God. But perhaps a, another way to put it, if you want to try to be clever and pithy, is even if you were born this way, humanity was not made this right. way. We're not intended to live in that way. I don't really buy the whole born this mm -hmm. way argument as it pertains to 
homosexuality and this could lead into a much right. broader conversation about social conditioning and social contagion mm-hmm. and all the various things you know why do like over 20 percent and probably a number that's still going up of gen z identify as lgbt whereas just a decade ago it was like two percent roughly uh <laughs> much lower number I don't think it's just all of a sudden mm-hmm. like something got in the water and it's turning the frogs and turning the kids gay. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't really think we were going here today, but but no, just uh <laughs> Boy, it's going to be hard to come back from that. <laughs> this is once for all delivered and our new pithy sign off is there's something in the water. anyway (laughs) so all that to say um i don't really grant i don't buy that you know this is just something that people are born into i think it's more something they learn and are conditioned into Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. as with all sins you you know you indulge it um but even if granted for the sake of argument that okay yeah there is a sense in which people were born this way like it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. because it would still represent a consequence of the fall would right. represent the miseries of this life as we talked about you know all the things in this life that we could think of that you know somebody might be born with that are bad if you're born with some sort of birth defect mm-hmm. or or disease or congenital condition um, all of those are consequences of sin in the fall they're not they're not native to us they're not Uh, a part of how god created us you know even just thinking we didn't really talk about this when we went through it but earlier in the episode we looked at uh, when the westminster talks about creation it talks about what's made very clear in genesis 1 and 2 that god created man Mm -hmm. male and female that is something that's native to us that is something that's natural to us and again not to say that after the fall there's not uh ways in which that's corrupted there is a very small number of people who are you know say born with additional chromosomes and so they may in various ways present as both sexes or have that corrupted but again that's a consequence of the fall and sin that's not that's not reflective of what is normal and what is good Mm -hmm. and and god's design for us yeah and that that latter part is uh, is what i was you know looking to say um perhaps not as clearly you know it whether someone uh is or isn't born this way or whether it's learned really doesn't matter you know it's doing a soft pre-sup aspect there you know that's not the Mm -hmm. point the point is we are born this way in terms of sin um but we can be reborn another way by the grace of god Mm -hmm. and in fact we must be yeah um but with that comes the renewal of our minds and the renewal of our wills away from these things uh, and towards things that are pleasing to God. Yeah. Well, I think we probably a good place to stop. Yeah. I think we, yeah, I tapped it out just like the water with the, (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I I didn't think there'd be any Alex Jones references (laughs) ever on this show. Well, well, (laughs) yeah. Never say never. (laughs) We'll take it there. And at some point we, you know, 
we always say at some point we'll do an episode on this or that you know it's time is always the limit so we're speaking like maybe in two years three years you know we'll Maybe in five years we'll finish uh, The Wonderful Works of God. Uh, maybe at some point we'll be able to do an episode on that question of gender and uh, homosexuality. Uh, there's there's plenty of material to work with from the confessions, too. Yeah, probably will. Yeah. So just so where, where we're at and mm-hmm. where we're going, you'll be hearing this in the later part of March. Well, April's a big month for us. We both have our respective final stages of our... Uh, examinations maybe lord willing and so during the month of april we're not going to be recording releasing new content we're actually going to go back in the archive and do some best of bobcast stuff so we've picked up some new listeners people who probably haven't been with us since back then so we're going to go through and pull out some of our favorite episodes favorite moments of bobcast and uh you know sort of represent that information for uh, for maybe new listeners we have and to kind of reflect on where we've been and where we're going. And then starting in May, uh, we're hoping, we'll see. Um, but, you know, if you were with us a few weeks ago, we did our first live stream on YouTube, and that seemed to go reasonably well. So coming back in May, uh, we're hoping to do more like that, do more video, do more live stream, maybe treat more present cultural issues now that we've been doing the foundational work. So we got some exciting things ahead and and we hope you'll stick with us. And if you don't support us and would like to support us financially, uh, we're not doing this for the money, but we do have some costs and it would help us. You can go to our website once for all delivered.com, become a paid subscriber there. And it helps us to make this better. Mm If you, if you have a few dollars to chip our way. Yeah, and actually, if we could break that down real fast of just kind of expenses. Uh, uh, in the past, we've been able to do a uh, giveaway with uh, gift subscriptions. So we've been able to, you know, be able to send, uh, do, do a contest and send uh, books, um, you know, to a winner. Uh, so that we'd be able to go ahead and do more things like that and, and, and reinvest it into the community. Uh, and then there's also, uh, you know, there could be overhead costs. Um, if we were looking to do any rebranding in terms of image, uh, if, if we wanted to ever do something with uh, the website or new logos, um, some point, uh, merchandise, whatever. Uh, and then also, you know, this is a small, this is a small crew. Um, the production team is Andrew and Heidi. Um, and then I do whatever I do and talk. And, uh, uh, so, I mean, you know, one thing we would love someday if, uh, the Lord has us continue on for however long, you know, it would be a great thing to have someone, uh, be able to commit to, uh, you know, social media and to be able to engage. So there's plenty of little projects or things that we could do in the future. Uh, so it's not like the money will just, you know, vanish or, or be put to something weird. So that's just kind of giving an idea of, of uh, things we've talked about. Yeah. Equipment, mm-hmm. infrastructure, things we can do to make ourselves look better, sound better, increase the quality of the show. I mean, I know it's hard to do with us because yeah. we're a mess, right. but, but make it make, make it look and sound as good as we can. So like... <laughs> Hopefully this week I sound better than previous weeks because I 
I, I redid my office so that my computer fan isn't sitting three feet from my microphone. But in order to do that, I had to buy some cables. Mm-hmm. There's a cost with that so I can put my computer in the closet over there and you don't have to hear it the whole time. <laughs> Just things like that. So we're not here to make money off this. We both make our living elsewhere. Uh, well, we make our living in the ministry, which it's a privilege <laughs> to be able to do that. But just the show itself does have costs and things associated with it. So all that to say for way too long and belabored, if you want to help us out <laughs> in that way, we appreciate it. Uh, we know a few of you have, and we're glad uh also we have been getting some submissions for a potential pithy sign-off phrase so maybe we're going to maybe try some of these out and see how they yeah, hit our first one so, uh there's something in the water yeah no that's that one is an abomination but so not only can you continue to send us your ideas for that but also we'll try some of these out and if you particularly like or dislike them let us know. So we we have a submission from our friend Mark Scaturo. You might remember he was one of the founding fathers of Bobcast. And actually, I think he was the one that came up with the Tote Zine <laughs> sign-off. I think so. Back then. So we're going to try to sign this off Mark's way. So thank you for joining us on this week's Once for All Delivered, where we hope to faithfully deliver until we are all delivered. Right, and I am, again, Caleb Castro. And I am, again, Andrew Smith, which we don't need to say this here because we have that in our (laughs) pre-recorded outro. Nah, I just like us to, I like, you know, I like our names. So, (laughs) yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode. For the latest news and updates, visit our substack at onceforalldelivered.com, where you can also support our work with a paid subscription. You can also follow us on social media at OFAD Podcast. If you like what you have heard, leave a five-star review where you get your podcasts and spread the word about the show. Once For All Delivered is hosted by Andrew Smith and Caleb Castro and produced by Andrew and Heidi Smith. A special thank you to our founding members, Eric and Kathy Hepker. We hope you will join us again next time on Once For All Delivered.